0: This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Episode 0, Origin Story. In this episode, Adam and Peter share who they are and how they got here. All right, Adam. It uh, seems appropriate for us to do a little bit of an introduction, so our listeners know uh, who it is that they are listening to. So, uh, alphabetically, you trump me with a name of Adam Bell. I can't, <laughs> I cannot compete with that. So, why don't you go first and tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: All right. Well, I'll do that. Well, I am uh, married to my college sweetheart, and we. We just celebrated 20 years of knowing each other. We met on a a friend of mine's birthday party, so it it made it real easy to remember. But So we met our senior year in college, which was really cool. Um, I have two daughters that are 12, and I have a 15-year-old. Well, she'll be 15 April 1st, so I'm getting ready to face that terror of teaching her how to drive. I am the president of Sublime Computer Services. We've been uh, doing IT support since 2008, and uh, the majority of my time right now, I feel like I'm a, a taxi driver for my kids when I'm not uh, when I'm not running the company. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to do. Uh, to get on board with podcasting is I'm an IT guy and I get a lot from the internet. You know, Google is a verb for me. Um, I figure I'd like to, I'd like to give some back. I mean, I do blogs and things like that, but I think, uh, this is going to be a more active way for me to get back or give back rather. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I graduated. Well, I grew up in Clarksville, Tennessee, but then I graduated from, uh, Austin P. State University, Go P. And um, I left. Well, I got a degree in Geographic Information Systems. I actually started out as an aerospace engineer uh, student, but then uh, the aerospace engineer or the the industry took a tank in 1992, so I I switched switched into computer science and really got into the environmental stuff geographic information systems and and went that route uh, the problem was when I got out it was so new GIS was so new that I couldn't get a job <laughs> so I went to a well they wanted me to volunteer there were a lot of jobs where I could volunteer uh, but I went with civil engineering and did some CAD drafting for a little while and handled their tech support until I could land a job as a firefighter at JC Bradford which was a as uh, a financial institution, uh, mainly down here in the southeast, uh, they were a, a, you know, probably one of the most popular places to work just because it was such a good company. So if you ever find anybody that says they worked for J.C. Bradford, they're like, oh yeah, I love that place. You know, <laughs> it's one of those places. But they got bought out by uh, Paine Webber and then UBS, and I took the severance package and started my own company. I started this uh, company called Enet Admin, doing the same thing uh, I'm doing now minus the expertise (laughs) and knowledge of how to run a business or anything else, Mm -hmm. And until my wife decided it was time to have kids, and then I was like, well, that's great. How are we going to do insurance? and i had no clue how i was going to do insurance then and went to work for hca so that was a good i mean hca was a decent company but it was a it was it was way too restricting for me as far as actually getting things done it just didn't fit me i, I like to make a decision and do it not make a decision and then ask the committee and mm-hmm. get an approval mm-hmm. <laughs> weeks later mm-hmm. <laughs> But then I went back to work for a company called Avondale Partners, and Avondale was a group of people from J.C. Bradford who started started another company, and they wanted to recreate the culture that we had at J.C. Bradford. While it was a you know a good place to work, and I really liked the people there, um, I still I still really had the need to go out back out on my own. And run my own company, mm-hmm. and so that's what I did in 2008. So that's when I started Sublime Computer Services, and have been been here. Um, well, you know, I forget how many businesses. I think Dave Ramsey says people s- or start like 10 failed businesses before they ever make their first successful one. And and uh, Elizabeth and I were my wife and I were talking about how. How many that we've tried and failed, and I'm like, we're nowhere near ten. <laughs> till I, till I started adding them up, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, this is about number ten. <laughs> oh wow, good yeah. for you. Well, well, they were all little things that just failed. You know, mm-hmm. they never really, they failed to launch, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess not, so to speak, literally, they didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, and one of the things I wanted to share is uh, the most valuable lesson for me that has really put me where I am today, and that that that's, my parents would not uh, co-sign on a loan for me. <laughs> so I wanted a car, you know, I wanted an expensive car, and they're like, no way, we won't sign a loan for you. So I had to save the cash, and, you know, I bought a $200 Ford Maverick, which was... <laughs> <laughs> you went to the gas station and, and filled up the oil and checked the gas but <laughs> you know it, it was you know that's just the way it was and then of course I saved cash from that and, and got my own ride and then uh, when I wanted to go to school you know I wanted to go to UT Knoxville and I told my parents I'm like okay I need I need your signature on the student loans as a uh, co-signer and like no way won't do it. <laughs> and I was like Come on, I, I mean, this is school. This is this is your duty as parents. You know, <laughs> you're supposed to help me with this. I <laughs> said, "Well, we'll tell you what we'll do. Your dad works at Austin P, and uh, you get half off on tuition, and you can stay here at home and go to Austin P." And I, hmm. I was very disappointed in that at that time, you know. But I worked, I worked at Ryan's Steakhouse, and I worked at Train building air conditioners paid for school and when I got when I graduated in 97 I didn't have a car note I didn't have a school note (laughs) I was Mm -hmm. like and you know and it just kind of carried over you know I was I was Dave I was doing the Dave Ramsey plan before it was cool and uh, so by the time I met my wife you know we were we were kind of on the same track because her school was paid for as well. When we got married, I took a pay cut to go work for the engineering firm from train where I was making $17 an hour as a college student. You know, that's, that was good money to leave <laughs> back in the day, <laughs> back in the day. And, uh, so I took a pay cut down to $10 an hour, but it didn't, it didn't, uh, really hurt me one. Cause my wife was working and, uh, but, but I just didn't take that. Uh, I didn't have any debt, so that was mm-hmm. a that was a really big, big deal. And that's what's enabled us to have our house paid for. That's what it has enabled me to run my business uh, because I could take you know I could take a year or two when I first started Sublime, and not make money. I mean, the company was making money enough to pay the employees, but. There were years that I didn't get paid at all, or well, not on any regularity. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have been able to do that if I had loads of debt. So, so that's that's where I got today. And then I wanted to tell tell some things that I do for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I play the guitar and sing uh, with the with our youth worship band at church. Uh, as far as Nashville talent goes, I am uh, subpar. But if I were to leave Nashville, people would probably tell me, "Man, you're pretty good." But <laughs> for Nashville, no, I'm nowhere near good. <laughs> uh, I do I do a lot of photography. Um, I primarily like to uh, take pictures while hiking. So there, in Tennessee, we've got a lot of we got a lot of uh, little mountains and pocket valleys, and all along the uh, Smokies so so all along the plateau it's a good place to hike and there's a lot of waterfalls and so I just I love to take a lot of pictures along there um, my family is used to me being at the back and I just take the pictures and they're like well your dad will catch up and, and I do <laughs> they haven't lost you yet? <laughs> they haven't lost me yet okay. they tried <laughs> <laughs> so and then i've got a 1955 chevy stepside truck that uh was my wife's grandfather's truck he bought it brand new and had it you know all the way up to about 15 years ago when he they their health started declining and he gave gave me the truck to you know what to have I mean to to keep it because he I was I already had old cars at that point I had a 65 Chevy two and uh, I actually had a Corvette back before kids and so he knew I was a car guy and so he gave it to me so it's a really cool truck and it's a really cool I mean it's a family heirloom pretty much all (laughs) the family asks about it so I couldn't possibly sell it so I've got it forever now (laughs)
0: <laughs> a hand me down heirloom car. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's in pretty good shape. So uh but it's a three speed on the column, so I can I can uh top out at sixty miles an hour downhill. Alright, well <laughs> yeah. that'll
0: keep you from getting any tickets, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So uh and then I do read a lot of books. Um I don't watch much TV. Uh we just don't have time to watch a lot of TV but i've got an audible subscription and then i've got my kindle subscription with the unlimited and the whisper sync and man i can go through some books when i'm listening to it in my car and then reading it on the tablet or kindle so that's uh I, that's where my entertainment comes largely excellent so that's uh that's about all i do that's and you that's that's me and work <laughs> and work <laughs> and
0: and just in case we didn't cut touch on it your work is uh, you 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 providing what sort of services to whom?
1: Yep, I uh, I run Sublime Computer Services. We're uh, an IT service provider for the SMB market. So uh, we work with companies that just aren't big enough to have their own it staff Mm -hmm. so we become the entire it department for them Mm -hmm. so that's what we do excellent
0: good well now we know who you are i guess i have to go huh
1: yep nicolaitis (sighs) peter
0: nicolaitis peter c guilty as charged (laughs) (laughs) so uh where am i now well uh i am living uh right now just outside of boston and uh moved here in two thousand twelve um, As for how I got here i uh I was born in 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 a big city uh, and some people refer to it as a big apple um but uh, when I was very young, my folks thought that that was not uh the best place to raise a kid um This was back in the you know the days when you didn't walk through Times Square at night because you would get mugged kind of thing so oh. Um, So when I was just two years old, they moved uh, us up to a sleepy little town called Bethel, Vermont, population 2000. (laughs) And uh, that's where I grew up and spent most of my my, uh, life growing up there. Uh, went to the local technical college, and then uh, went on, started pursuing a four-year degree in computer science at Clarkson University. And uh, I was told that that was arguably and probably the only technical uh, college that I could have found that was colder than the one that I was already at. (laughs) And I said, oh, great, I sure know how to pick them. (laughs) So um so there um it was an interesting semester i only spent one semester at clarkson uh halfway through i was put on academic probation things were not going well um i was questioning everything i didn't know if i liked what i was studying i didn't know if that's what i wanted to do for a career moving forward had a lot of questions um managed to turn things around did make dean's list before i left there so uh you know had a one hell of a boomerang (laughs) come back um But I decided since I was conflicted enough about it that I would take a little bit of time off to try to figure out exactly what I wanted to do before I dropped another, I don't know how much it was, like $20,000 a semester or whatnot. And um, while I was hanging out again in my hometown, taking a couple of classes here and there, uh, I got a call from the local vocational school and they said, we need a substitute teacher because uh we were having trouble uh the union was uh, locked in uh, negotiations and they weren't making much progress and the uh, person who was teaching their computer technology said you know what ah, i've had enough i'm just going to retire now and so he quit a year early like two or three weeks into the semester Oh, nice. So I said, um, yeah, I can, you know, sure, side job, no problem. I talked to the uh, my college professors, and they're like, yeah, you can, look, we'll give you the lessons, you can make up the work in the evening, no problem, don't worry about it, sure, take the job, money, will, money and experience will be great for you. So I said, okay, good, I'll take it. Two days later, the director approached me and said, would you like to apply for the full-time permanent position? And I said, can I even do that? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not a licensed teacher or anything. But um, but the way uh, vocational works is if you have two years of professional experience and a two-year degree, those add up to the equivalent of a four-year degree. Nice. And I happened to have two associate degrees because before I went on to Clarkson, I did rack up a couple of associates in uh, engineering. And uh that combined with my work experience at the time, was enough to qualify me for the job. so I was like, "Sure, why not?" So with that, I uh suddenly became a teacher, and uh, I was you know responsible for a bunch of kids only a few years younger than myself at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh I had to like make up a curriculum and lesson plans and all this stuff. And I mean it was a very exciting, very scary, in a good way, time. Uh so uh I I learned I, I I'm sure that I learned a lot more than those kids did uh in this job. So I did that uh for a couple of years and then I, you know, just really wasn't enjoying it because even even though I was only there two years, it was so repetitive that the the cycle got really old really fast for me and uh right around that time a friend of mine who was working just up the hill at my alma, alma mater at the the tech school said hey just so you know i'm leaving and there's going to be a vacancy here so if you wanted to move up at least physically you know uh, there's going to be a, a, a an opening up here so I said, hmm, that's interesting. So I dropped an email to some of my contacts back at Vermont Tech, and they said, yeah, we do have an opening. Wow, you should really apply for it. So I did. And out of all the applicants, I just blew them away, and I became the network administrator. So, um Suddenly, I'm on, you know, responsible for uh, the, their network, and this was running an old Novell Netware system, and nice. if anybody who's a techie, that, that will mean a lot to you, and uh, anybody who is not a techie, you've probably never heard of Novell or Netware, so that ought to tell you something, too. <laughs> um So uh, I ran that system for a while and um, really had some issues with my boss. Um, And, you know, I was young. I was kind of rebellious. just wasn't fitting. So after a couple of years of that, I said, you know, maybe I should bow out of this position too. And I sort of started to establish, it seemed like I was establishing a pattern of, you know, hanging out at a job for two years. And back then, that was sort of borderline. But I mean, these days, if you are in a job for two years, that oh, you are you are a long timer, you know. Yeah. So um, I uh, decided to, as I was doing this, I I had been doing some work part time along the way, and uh, I was starting to do these things called websites because this was becoming a big thing back then, and um, you know, so I was like running the network during the day and coding websites at night. And it got to a point where I said I can maybe support myself, you know, as a part-time, you know, just just with the workload that I had from clients that I had picked up. And just as I was about to take the plunge, I got a call from a friend of mine who said, "Hey, we're running a help desk for a division of Chase Manhattan Bank and we need another tech. Would you like to help us out?" So I said, sure. So I took that job, and I was a part-time help desk person as well as you know running my own you know, uh, part-time consulting uh, pro- uh, company. So I did that for a little bit, and then the next thing you know, I was getting gigs directly with Chase Manhattan down in Manhattan, and my contacts there led me to a contract with Marsh and McLennan. And uh, so that was, you know, pretty cool. Things were starting to pick up, and, you know, I was working for Fortune 10 companies down in Manhattan, and uh, as late as, uh, late 1999, early 2000, I was in Tower 2 of the World Trade Center. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, So that contract eventually wound up, and, um, you know, I decided I, it was basically time to move back, so I came back to Vermont full-time, and the the stress levels of working in downtown Manhattan and in Midtown were just insane. And I knew that something had to change because every Friday when I would hop onto the, um, the train, you know, I'd hop onto Amtrak to head back to Vermont. As soon as the train started pulling out of the station, I could just feel the tension kind of like melt off of my shoulders. <laughs> and I just said, this can't be good. (laughs) (laughs) No, So, you know, I moved back from, you know, uh, 80 miles an hour all every day, all day back to five miles an hour on a tractor in little old rural Vermont. And, um, you know, it was like, all right, well, it was familiar. So I was happier there. Um, But uh, something was just gnawing at me, and, you know, I didn't really know what it was. I I wanted a change, but I was really afraid to make it. And a friend of mine, uh, right around that time, in early 2000s, right right after, or right before, I should say, the dot-com bubble, um, moved to Boston. And he said it one day, he says, I feel like a part of me dies every day I stay in this town. (laughs) (laughs) and i didn't want to admit it but looking back i felt the exact same way and it took me about 10 years to realize that i felt the exact same way um so in 2000 uh 2003 i got married um to the wrong woman (laughs) stuck it out for about five years couldn't stand it anymore and we'd you know agreed that it was best to part ways um it was an ugly divorce and Uh. um that was one of the uh you you wanted to know the most valuable lessons that i have learned (laughs) uh the cynical part of me could say don't ever get married but certainly don't ever get married unless you are really 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 sure you know what you're doing (laughs) and and i and i extrapolate that uh, to to apply to any partnership of any form you know if you are going to be on the hook for someone else's actions just be damn certain that you're doing what you're doing before you do it Mm -hmm. um so to, by, by 2008, that was all, you know, finally wrapped up and um, I had read The 4-Hour Workweek by Timothy Ferris and I embraced so many of the principles in that book um, because we had so much in common and that I decided afterwards I needed to recharge and I said, I'm going to take a trip abroad, I'm going to go and I'm going to go to Costa Rica for a, a couple of months and just... You know at this point, my business was uh, I had enough employees that I could hand over the reins to them, and um you know, I was sure that things would be well, I wasn't sure, but I was reasonably sure things would be okay in my absence and uh so I started learning Spanish for real, so I'd get ready and you know be able to speak the language down there and at that point, my aunt and uh, her then fiance said um." Don't go to Costa Rica. You want to go to Brazil. And I was like, well, well okay. But what? Well, I don't know anything about Brazil. I don't, I don't. I have been spending Spanish. They speak Portuguese. I don't know anything about this. What? Why would I do that? And uh, my aunt says, no. Nope. My boyfriend, he has contacts all over the country. He can set you up with a place to stay. He can make contacts for you. You'll have a blast. Just go to Brazil. Nice. And I said, okay sure (laughs) sounds good to me so I put away all the Spanish tapes and dug out all the Portuguese tapes and (laughs) started learning Portuguese which frankly you know thankfully they're similar enough Um, but I was planning to go to Brazil for a few weeks I got down there I ended up staying there for a few months Mm -hmm. And, uh, in that time, my business not only survived, it thrived while I was pretty much out of the way, (laughs) um, (laughs) managing via email and, uh, that was it. And things were just fine the whole time. So, um, I, at that point realized that I could be comfortable somewhere else. And that's when I started thinking about leaving sleepy little, uh, you know, Vermont hometown, And uh, about a year or two later, I did. I moved to Somerville, Massachusetts. And uh, that was in 2012. So I moved down here. Um, in between, I should say, before uh, before I actually did that, I had learned my second most valuable lesson, which is one that I should have known, but sometimes I'm a slow learner, and that is never establish a product before establishing that there exists a market for said product. <laughs> in, in my case, this was a coffee shop. I had an awesome, excellent little coffee shop In a sleepy, tiny little town of population 2,000 where most people just did not drink, you know, they didn't care for the atmosphere of a coffee shop. They didn't really care for coffee. Uh, They were pretty happy getting the swill that was, you know, dredged up down at the gas station down the street. And it just was not the appropriate place for a coffee shop. (laughs) So I uh, sank a good chunk of money into that and uh, after about a year and a half realized I was never going to recoup my, uh, my money so I decided to lose that and what I re- remember too is I, I took away from this was that there is power in affirmations um, I remember telling people when I was starting up the coffee shop that I had just lost X amount of money on my divorce so I figured the next time I lose that much money I'm going to do it on something I enjoy I lost about a 1% difference on that coffee shop gig uh, from what I spent on the divorce. So, and I say lost, I should I should try to reframe that as I spent. You know, those were two very expensive lessons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, there's power in those affirmations. You know, I, I was telling everybody, oh, the next time I blow this much money, I'm going to do it on something I like. Well, I liked my coffee shop. <laughs> and I blew just about the same amount. So, wonderful. Um, anyway, so, I, you know, I've learned a lot on that. Uh, those are my most valuable lessons. That and um, enjoy the work. You know, you really have to enjoy the work that you're doing. Otherwise, it's it's just going to be a chore. So, on that note, um, what I like to do for fun uh, these days, I'd say probably the most fun I have in my extracurricular activity is it's a tie uh three-way tie between mountain biking krav maga and yoga um i can't tell you which one is my favorite but um i i like all three um mountain biking i i do some of the you know black diamond downhill stuff uh it's nice that i still have my place in vermont for that because i'm uh, very close to uh, killington ski area and in the summertime they open up the lifts and let bikers go on them so uh that's a lot of fun krav maga is uh, it's my other my fun passion that's uh the israeli it's it's hebrew for contact combat and it's the fighting system that's practiced by the israeli defense forces uh it's a very practical no-nonsense um street fighting essentially and uh you have a question no no oh, okay sorry no. Couldn't, couldn't tell um, so I do that, you know, and um, and this was after I uh, I practiced uh, Aikido for nearly 20 years. Um, I decided I needed something a little uh, a little more practical, and um, so that led me to, to Krav Maga. And then yoga is what I do to put myself back together after all of my mountain biking and Krav Maga activities.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. that's kind of what I was thinking is the, uh, you know, the bicycle can be a little bit hard on you, but. You know, somebody punching you, and you're you've had some shoulder stuff, and you uh, yeah, have I'm, yoga to recover from all that.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Now the bike itself isn't uh, isn't all that that hard on me. It's it's falling off the bike and <laughs> slamming into boulders. That's the that's the hard part. <laughs> So, um, but, but, uh, where I live now, um, just outside of Boston, I'm about, about a mile away from a really nice network of trails down here. So it's, you know, for living in a city, I've got access to some really nice terrain. So that's really cool. Um, But um, I consider myself a perpetual student, so I'm always learning something. Um, I don't do as much. I'm a slow reader, so I don't read a lot, but I love audiobooks, and I'm always listening to podcasts. Um, Right now, I'm in the middle of pursuing my um, fifth professional uh, security certification. Just started that class a couple of weeks ago. Uh, nice. So I'm always always wanting to learn something new, and um, that's that's fun. Um, we also in this town, Boston, we have a pretty decent music scene as well. Um, it's not uh, it's not the Nashville scene, uh, but uh, I've been to Nashville, I've been to New Orleans, and I live in Boston, so I've got an, an idea of what uh, cities with music scenes are supposed to be like. And I got to say that Boston holds its own pretty well so uh so i like going out and listening to uh you know to to live music and there's no shortage of that around here and um my latest novelty uh, new thing that i just tried is uh, when my godson and my best friend gave me a beer brewing kit for christmas (laughs) and uh just a couple weeks ago i finished brewing my first batch and uh, only then did i realize that that was something that you do too yeah, because <laughs> I had no idea. So we'll talk about that on a future podcast. But uh, that's my uh, long-winded, uh, brief introduction. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, it's very good. Very interesting. And nowadays, I should I should say
0: too, um, I'm an IT security specialist. Um, like you, we work with smaller firms. Uh, we focus on security. Uh, we do provide some general IT services as well, but we have a heavy focus on security, security policy, firewalls, all the things that you know new smaller businesses should be doing to protect themselves from hackers, even if they don't think those threats apply to them because they do.
1: Yep. And well, what's the name of your company?
0: Paradigm. Paradigm Consulting. So. All right. There you go. And we've been in business. You said you, you founded Sublime in uh, 2008, right?
1: That's correct. And I
0: got you beat there because I, uh, I incorporated Paradigm in 1998. So uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I better fold this and spin up a few more businesses because I am nowhere near 10, <laughs> even with the coffee shop. <laughs> so.
1: yeah. Well, you've just uh, created little mini companies within your company throughout the time. You just didn't know it.
0: Oh, this is true. I I did. I had the web hosting business, which I spun off, and then I bought back for a fraction of that. And uh, I um, I owned True Basic for a time, and that was the company that was founded by the original inventors of the Basic programming language. Nice. Um, and then there, there was the coffee shop. So I've I've had a few. I'm still pretty short of 10 though so like i said i gotta i gotta spin up a few more businesses <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> to contact either us or our guests visit blurring dot if you like what you're hearing do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a
1: five-star review in itunes google play store or wherever you found us